Uh, today and next week as we approach uh, Thanksgiving, uh, we're going to focus on that as we go into this, this season of thankfulness. Uh, in December, uh, our church will take on a whole different look and we'll be uh, uh, celebrating, getting ready for Christmas. Uh, as, as many of you know, we're already celebrating Christmas at my house. We, have, uh, we just have five trees up at this point in time. And uh, but uh, we love Christmas, but we don't overlook Thanksgiving. We still have Thanksgiving. Uh, that's one day we celebrate Christmas 12 months out of every year. Uh, but over these next few weeks, I want us to focus on Thanksgiving. Look at what the Bible says to us about being thankful, about being grateful, about being people of praise uh, to a good God who has blessed us with so much and done so much for us. And I believe this psalm here, Psalm 145, is a great place to start. Uh, some of you are going to go, we've been here before. Some of you keep notes in your Bibles. Uh, yes, I, I had somebody come up to me following the early service and said, you've preached from Psalm 145 before. I said, actually, if you keep good notes, you will know that I've preached from Psalm 145 four different times. And uh, today will be the fifth, and it won't be the last because it's one of my favorites. Uh, I love this psalm. I think it speaks to us as not only individuals, but as the body of Christ. Uh, this psalm was one of the last ones. Well, it was the last psalm that was recorded uh, by David. And uh, it's the last one that has his name associated with it. And if you are looking in your Bible there, more than likely the title of this psalm in your Bible is called A Psalm of Praise. And uh, just a little history here. Some of you may remember this. I've shared this with you before for sure. But it was believed that there was a special blessing that was associated with this psalm. With Psalm 145, they believed that if you would recite or sing this psalm out loud twice in the morning and once in the evening, that it was believed that you would receive a blessing of happiness in your life if you would do that. And so they were very faithful to Psalm 145. And so I'm, you know, I'm not, uh, I'm not at least bit sorry about the fact that I've preached from this multiple times because. Uh, if we follow the traditions of our ancestors, we would be reading this three times a day. And, and so I believe it's a powerful psalm for us to look at as we enter into this Thanksgiving season. And I believe that it might be good for us to test this blessing theory in our own lives. Because I believe if we'll focus on the things here that David uh, has us focusing on, I believe that we'll be a little bit more grateful. I believe we'll be a little bit more thankful. And we'll be people who are living and understanding and expressing the goodness of God in this world that we live in today that needs to see the goodness of God uh, in this world. And maybe if our lives, in our lives, we would focus on Him and focus on uh, more on joy and uh, how great our God is, and we were to do that at least three times a day, I believe you'd be happier people. I believe your attitude would change. I may read it three times this morning because some of you look like you are mad, and so uh, you need the blessing of happiness and joy in your life. Uh, if you don't, tell your face. Uh, all right? So today, let's go through this again and look at uh, where there might be a blessing, blessing of happiness for us 
uh, here in Psalm 45 in David's Psalm of Praise for us today. And we're going to pick it up at verse 1. We're going to look at this entire psalm today. Verse 1, David writes this, I will exalt you. My God, we, we got something going on up here. Did y'all notice? I mean, the words were like, uh, I'm a speed reader, but I couldn't even read that fast. We got, we got a bug in the computer, but Robert's giving me the thumbs up. He's got, it all, he's got it figured out. But he says, I will exalt you, my God, the King. I will praise your name when? Forever and ever. Every day I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. So don't miss this. The first thing that David does is David recognizes the fact that our God is the king. Who was David? The king. David knows through all that God has done for him and done in and through his life, that even though he may have the title of king on this earth, there is one who is greater, who is the king of kings, the king above all things, the king who is in control, and the king who has all authority, and the king himself is recognizing that there is a king that is greater. There is the king of kings, and to exalt means to put on high above all others. To exalt means to to lift up uh, above all other things. To lift up uh, above all other people. It is the greatest possible show of admiration that we could have is to lift somebody up. Right? It's just a a natural reaction, a natural response uh, by people to to do that. If you don't believe me, uh, watch a, a coach or a star athlete that gets, what, lifted up and carried off the field because of their greatness or something awesome that they have done. Uh, we will exalt those people. We will exalt those things that we think highly of uh, and we praise. And David says, you know, he will praise him forever, which means this, folks, it won't ever stop. It will continue forever. Uh, uh, the, the key to the blessing of happiness, the key to a blessing of joy in your life will come when you never stop praising the King of Kings. Don't miss this. If the world has stolen your joy, if the world has stolen your happiness, you need to look up. You need to focus on the Lord. And we'll see David speak to this more in just a moment. But our praise of God as our King should be as eternal as the God that we praise is. And here's what's interesting uh, uh, about this. Praise is the only activity. I want you to think about it. Praise is the only activity that we are called to do now that we will continue all throughout eternity. This is what David is speaking to. We will praise him forever. Think about it. We're told in Scripture, and David's going to allude to this just here in a minute about the access that we have to God and the power of prayer in our lives. We're instructed in Scripture to be people of prayer. But folks, there's a time coming when you will meet Him and your prayers will no longer be needed, right? We're commanded in God's Word to serve other people, to serve Him now. But there's a time coming when your service will be over, but your praise will continue forevermore. 
You know, we're, we're taught to believe now, to have faith now, to walk in faith now, but there will be a time when your faith will no longer be required when you're standing face to face with your Lord and Savior. Uh, it won't be about faith then. It will be reality uh, in eternity. In this world that we live in today, we have to live off hope. Right? We have to live uh, uh, by hope now, but there will be a day when what we have hoped for will become the reality in our lives. But our praise, our praise, well, it's required now, but it will continue for all of eternity. Right? We should praise Him every day, regardless of how our day goes. We should praise Him when it's a good day. We should praise Him when it's a great day, and we should praise Him when it's a a, a bad day. Every day is a new opportunity to praise our God and Savior, the King of kings and Lord of lords. I love the way uh, C.S. Lewis said it. He said it like this, We praise what we enjoy, because the praise not merely expresses, but completes the enjoyment. It is not out of compliment that lovers keep on telling one another how beautiful they are. The delight is incomplete till it is expressed. And so our delight in Him must be expressed. Hello? We, need to have, we just need to have a service one day when we have lessons in how to say amen, where to say amen, when to say hallelujah, when to say praise the Lord, which is all the time according to David, all right? And so our delight in Him must be expressed because our God is the King. And not only are we to praise Him daily, but we are to praise Him for all eternity. David goes on in verse 3. He says, Great is the Lord, and He is most worthy of our praise. His greatness no one can even fathom. One generation commends your works to another. They tell your mighty acts. They speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty. And I will meditate on your wonderful works. They tell of the power of your awesome works. And I will proclaim your deeds. The second thing that David holds on to and is proclaiming through his praise, this psalm of praise this morning is this. Our God is great and we ought to tell somebody about it. Huh? Our, great is, our God is great, and we ought to be talking about it. You know, and our praise and our worship should be like the object of our worship. Our praise and our worship should be awesome. Our praise and our worship should be great because our God is great. Folks, no song is too loud. If you don't like loud music, you're not going to want to go to heaven. Huh? Because there's going to be a lot of loud singing when you get there. No song's too loud, no band is too loud, no band or orchestra is too big. No psalm is sufficient for your great God. And while we know that God is great, David's saying here, as great as he is, as great as I know that he is, as great as he's been to me, no one can truly fathom just how great he is. No one can fathom that. No one can comprehend his greatness. But what little we do know, what little we can comprehend, what little we do understand, we are supposed to, don't miss this, we're supposed to pass that on. 
What little we do understand, we ought to be passing along to the next generation. And friends, can I ask you this morning, how will your kids and your grandkids know about the greatness of God unless you're sharing that with them? Unless you're telling them about that? Unless you're sharing with them how good God has been to you? How great God has been in your life and in your family. I'm not just talking about Bible stories. Yeah, the Bible stories are awesome. The Bible is important. Anybody can read those accounts and be amazed by the things that God has done. But what about the amazing and powerful things that God has done in your life? What about the amazing and powerful things that God has done right here in this local church for the last 115 years? Have you shared those stories with your kids? Have you shared those stories with your grandkids? Do they know about the goodness of God because of the stories that you tell and the life that you live? And as parents and as grandparents today, our kids should hear and see us praise God because He is worthy of our praise. He is worthy of their praise for what He has done and what He is doing and what He has promised that He will do in the days ahead. And each generation should echo the praises from the past, but pass them on to the future. It's our responsibility to teach the newer ones to trust and obey. It's our responsibility to rejoice and show them praise, our praise of a great and mighty God. David doesn't say here, just pass on your Bible to the next generation. right? He doesn't say just leave your Bible to the next generation. He says tell them about His excellent greatness. Tell them about God's mighty acts and His work. And I'll just add here uh, uh, to, to this that I believe with all my heart that dry and unemotional teaching about God, whether it be at home or church, doesn't teach our kids about the greatness of God. Uh, I, don't, I don't know how many of you listen to other preachers. I would encourage you. Uh, to do that, but uh, a lot of times I listen to other preacher sermons, and I, I'll run across something, and uh, I'll listen to it, or or I'll read it, and I, I and I'm like, man, that was so dry and so boring, you know. God's word is not dry. God's word uh, is not boring, and and it shouldn't be that way, right? Uh, uh, friends, our God's not dead. Our God's not dry. Our God is not boring. He's something that we ought to be excited about. He's something that you ought to be excited about this morning. I believe Jesus had a multitude of people following him because he was fun to be around. I believe he had a good time. I believe he had a great personality. I don't think he was mad. I don't think he was mean. I don't think he was critical. I think he was somebody that people wanted to be around. And we're to be like Jesus. And our Jesus is not dead. He is not dry. He's something that we should be excited about for what he has done in our lives. And if you're not excited about God... And the things of God and what He has done for you. Can I just tell you this this morning? Don't expect your kids to be. If you're not excited about what God has done for you, don't expect your kids to be excited about what God has done for them either. If we're not excited about God, then we're teaching them one thing about God and we're showing them something totally opposite. Because He is a great God and worthy of our praise. So don't say that God is great if you're not living your life and worshiping Him like He is. Hello. 
Can y'all tell when I don't preach one week that y'all I get double the next week? <clears throat> the reason I'm passionate about people being radically changed and what God can do is because I know what God's done in my life. I know where he brought me from. I know what he brought me out of. I know who I was before and how he has changed me and shaped me and molded me and made me somebody that he could use for his glory and on his behalf. Both Lynette will tell you this. Before I was called to preach, I could not even be around people. I, I would go out to eat with people that I, I didn't know very well and get physically sick. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't be around people. I had what they called a, a nervous stomach. Uh, people made me nervous. Uh, I didn't, need, didn't like people. Didn't want to be around people. I, I, I'm still, God's still working on me. Walmart, I still can't get happy in Walmart, but, I, but I'm getting better. But I, see, I know what God has done in me. I know what God has done in my life. And that's why I can be excited about it because not only have I seen what he's done in my life, I've seen what he's done in some other people's lives. I've seen what he's done in some people's lives that, honestly, I'd written off. But God got a hold of their life and changed them and is making them into something new. It's transformed their life. And because of that, we ought to be excited about what God has done in our lives and what He's doing in the lives of others and what He can do in the lives of the ones that maybe we've given up on. And you know, it's great to teach the Bible. It's great to share the, the, the stories. But folks, I, I, I'm not as hung up in filling your minds with facts about God as I am filling your heart with the love of God because it's your heart that changes lives. It's what's done in your heart that transforms you. God wants to get a hold of your heart. Brother Sanders used to say, pastored here for 27 years before I did, and I would love it, I, and I use it all the time, I tell him. People will walk out and they say, boy, you got on my toes this morning. Brother Sanders said, I wasn't going for your toes, I was going for your heart. What good are the facts if the next generation doesn't see our heart, see a transformed heart, a heart that is filled with the joy of the Lord for what He has done and what He is doing. What good are the facts if the next generation don't have hearts that burn with passion for Christ and a desire to worship Him with that same passion? We must pass it on folks or it ends here we must pass it on or it stops with us they're watching us to see how excited we are about a savior so they will know how excited they should be about a savior and as we retell the stories and we share of god's power in our lives and god's goodness in our lives it will refresh your joy and your praise to a good God as well. Verse 7. They celebrate your abundant goodness. And joyfully sing. Hello. How do they sing? They sing how? Just checking. Because I was watching some of y'all sing. 
Man, these songs we sang this morning were powerful. We sang about a great God. What He has done. What He is doing. And David says, when we understand that, who He is to us and what He's done, we will joyfully sing. Amen? We will joyfully sing of your righteousness. Because, folks, the Lord is gracious. And He's compassionate. He's slow to anger. David said, I've experienced this. (laughs) He's slow to anger, but he's rich in love. The Lord is good to all, and he has compassion on all he has made. David's doing the best that he can to describe this God that he knows and that he has a personal relationship with. And he's got limited vocabulary. He's got limited words to use. David's trying to tell us just how gracious and how good and how compassionate our God is. He says, use these words, goodness, righteousness, gracious, compassionate, slow to anger, rich in love, good to all. Folks, this is your God. This is our God, and and David's trying to help us see here the kind of God that he is and, and how he feels about us and how God treats us. Listen, I, I know that there are a lot of people that walked in here today with some scars, physical scars, emotional scars. But don't miss this. God looks at us with our scars and our brokenness, and he says we're beautiful. We're beautiful because we're his, and we're created in his image. And we're not, you know, we're not determined beautiful by what we've been through, but who went through it with us, right? And so hear this today. You're beautiful because your father is beautiful. And our gracious and compassionate father, he looks down on us, and we're injured and we're broken, and and we're blind, and we're scared, and we're scarred, and He calls us beautiful because we are His children, and He's got this, right? He's got He's got us, and, and this should change the way that we view ourselves. This should change the way that we look in the mirror. You know, maybe if we were to get up in the morning and read Psalm 145, not once, but read it twice before we ever look in the mirror, you might start to like the person that you're seeing in the reflection when you look in it for the very first time. You might see yourself as the child of God who is uh, loved and who is cherished by a good God. And here in verse 7, he tells us to celebrate and joyfully sing praise to Him because of who He is and what He is and what He's done because of His goodness, because of His righteousness, because of His graciousness. Because of his compassion, his slowness to anger, rich in love and good to all. And because of that, we can and we should celebrate him and praise him. Verse 10 says, all your works praise you. All your works praise you, Lord. Your faithful people extol you. They tell of the glory of your kingdom and speak of your might so that all people may know of your mighty acts and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. 
Folks, if you've accepted him, your father, your father is the king of kings. If you've accepted him, he is worthy of our praise because he is over everything. And the reason that he is over everything is because, oh, by the way, he created everything. And every single thing that you have and have available to you is only because God allowed you to have it or for it to be available to you. It's all his. He is in full control and will be in full control. But here's the deal. Here's, here's what happens in the world that we live in today because our, our world teaches this, stresses this, and places the importance on this, that, that we let other things rival him. We sang about it earlier. He has no rival. But yet we let other people rival him. And we let other things rival him. Right? But he has no rivals because David has reminded us he is the king of kings and he is the Lord of lords. And as we praise him for his work around us, we must also remember that he is doing a work within us. Right? And as we do that and his, as he does that, folks, can I just tell you, we'll want to tell other people about that. We will want to share with other people about him and his kingdom. And David says, why? So that all men may know. So that all people may know of his mighty acts and his glorious splendor in his kingdom. What David is saying here is this. There is a direct link between your heart and your tongue. There's a direct link between your heart and your tongue. We will talk about what's in our heart. We will talk about what we're excited about. We will talk about what we're happy about. Right? Some people really love to talk about sports. I mean, I'll be the first to say, aren't you thankful today that the football team did get beat yesterday? Man, God is good. Of course, we didn't play anybody, but we didn't lose. You know? Hey, can I ask you this week, have you talked more about to other people about who our next football coach is going to be than you had the things of God? I'm guilty as anybody. I'm all about it. You know, some people won't talk about sports all the time. Some talk about their family all the time. I'm not saying family's bad, but if you're exalting that family before God, that's a problem. Hello? We lift up what we care most about. We will exalt. You talk about your family more than you talk about God. Some talk about their jobs. Some talk about their yards. Some talk about their houses, their cars, their money, their investments. Hello? <laughs> well, I've heard some things y'all said about me, and it wasn't very nice. you want to know what somebody holds dear to their heart just listen to them talk they'll tell you what they're most passionate about you, you won't even have to ask them what it is that they love because they'll tell you about it 
So can I ask you this morning, what are you talking about? What is it that you're talking about? Because if our hearts are full of God, if He is the one that is being exalted, then our tongues will never cease to talk about Him and His goodness. And if we truly want verse 12 to be fulfilled and have all men know about Him, then folks, we're going to have to tell them. We're going to have to tell them. Someone once said, if Christians praise God more, the world would doubt Him less. Now look at verse 14. David goes on to say, The Lord upholds all who fall. Amen? Been there? The Lord upholds all who fall and lifts up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you and you give them their food at the proper time. You open your hand. I love this picture here. You open your hand and satisfy the desires of every living thing. David's saying not only is God powerful and God is awesome and God is mighty and he's telling us this, he's, he's tender to those who are hurting. He, he's tender and caring to those who have fallen. Uh, a lot of folks have fallen under the weight uh, of their problems and their difficult situations. And I would just say to you this morning, if, if your load is heavy today and, and about to get you down, don't miss what David is saying here. Turn your eyes upon Him. Look up. Look to your Father. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. David is saying here, folks, of all people in this world, I have proven him. I have proven him. And so he says, uh, in turn, turn to him. I promise you and I assure you, he will provide what you need. He'll pick you up when you fall and he will carry you when you can't walk. He will comfort you when you are overwhelmed. The key is to turn to him. The key is to look up to him he'll pick you up when you when you're down and he will carry you when you need to be carried and 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 this this example here that david used i love this of him opening up his hand opening up his hand god has his hands full of good things to offer us remember he is over all because he created all it is all in his hands Right, And so David is saying here, he opens up his hand that is full of these good things. And when we're wiped out and we're stressed out and we're maxed out, he wants us to look to him and he will open his hands and give us exactly what it is that we need at the time to help us in and through that moment. And he will treat us tenderly and provide for us and give us exactly what we need. And because of that, folks, we can trust Him with our crummy days. We can trust Him with our diagnosis. We can trust Him with our situations and with our problems and with our pain, folks, because He has His hands open to us. We can trust Him with everything. Listen to what David wants to say to you there in verse 18. He says... 
the Lord is near to all who what? Call on Him. To all who call on Him in truth, He fulfills the desires of those who fear Him. He hears their cry and He saves them. I love that. Even though He's the King of kings and He's the King of the universe, He's near to all who will call on Him. Folks, you know what this tells me today? He's not too busy for me. He's not too busy for you. David's reminder uh, again to us is this. We are never alone. He is available. When we call out to Him, He is available. And not with just a select few, right? Not just a select few that He picks and chooses. Oh, I can only get around to a certain number a day. No, he, he says, you know, He is near to all who call on Him. Who all, to all who believe in Him. And he speaks to the truth, to those who, who call on him in the truth. Well, what's the truth? Well, the truth is recognizing who he is. The truth is recognizing that he is the Lord of lords, and he's the King of kings, and he's the God of all creation. David is explaining to us here the, the power of prayer. David's explaining to us here the importance of prayer in our lives and calling out to God and this unlimited access that we have to our Heavenly Father. And then he closes with this. And everybody said, Amen. It means absolutely nothing. Y'all know that when I say I'm closing. But, he, but David closes with this in verse 20 and 21. I love how he wraps it up. He says, The Lord watches over all who love Him. But then he throws a warning in here that I think we can't just overlook because we don't like it. He says, The Lord watches over all who love Him, but all the wicked He will destroy. My mouth will speak in praise of the Lord. Let every creature praise His holy name forever and ever. To me, David's just, you know, saying here's the bottom line. Here's the most important thing right now that you need to know and understand. God will preserve those who have called out to Him. God will preserve those who are saved. But don't miss this. He will also judge those who are not. And that truth today can either be a comfort to you or it ought to scare you to death. Because if you have a relationship with Him, He has forgiven your sins. He's been a good God to you. And you can have confidence if you have accepted Him as your Lord and Savior, that you will be in His presence forever and ever for all of eternity and have heaven as your reward. 1 John chapter 5, verse 13 says, I write these things to you so that you may believe in the name of the Son of God, so that you may know that you will have eternal life. Right? And although God is watching over believers, God is watching over those who love Him, one day He will judge harshly those who have insisted on doing their own thing and going their own way. And I don't know about you, but that's great motivation to me to live my life for God. Because He will watch over those who love Him. But He's going to judge harshly those who have gone their own way. And if you're here today, I would just tell you, if you're here today and you have not given your life to Him and you're living 
and you're not living for Him, this verse right here is a powerful warning to you today. And I would encourage you, don't let this day end without getting this right because this is the most important thing that you will ever do in your life. And that's to be right with God and to be called a child of the King. Honestly, I know people that show no interest whatsoever in becoming a follower of Jesus. And I'm like, what kind of crazy person would not want to be the child of the King of Kings? <laughs> I mean, how crazy is that? And they call us crazy. And so if you haven't done that today, there's no better time than during this Thanksgiving season to have something to be thankful for. <laughs> and that's eternal life. And then this last verse, David's is like, David's like, this is, this is my final chapter. It's my final words. The final thing that I want to say to God's people one more time. Praise Him. Let every creature praise His holy name forever and ever. Praise God with everything that you have, whether you feel like it or not. I read once, and, and I've, I've shared this before, but hello. It's time, it's time for this to be over. <laughs> read about this uh, Christian conference that was taking place in, uh, I believe it was in Omaha, Nebraska. They had this conference and a lot of people attending there. And one of, one of the services that they had during that conference that night, as people were walking into the conference, uh, they would hand them a balloon, a helium balloon, a balloon that was filled with helium. And they instructed them, they said, at any time during the service, uh, when you feel like expressing joy that you feel in your heart or praise to God, just release your balloon and let it go up. And they said all throughout that service, said it was cool. You know, a lot of the balloons went up during the praise and the worship. There were times throughout the service where the word of the Lord would be spoken and balloons would go up. But they said at the end of that service, over a third of the people were still holding on to their balloons friends don't hold on to your praise <laughs> he is worthy of your praise now and forever let it rise let it rise so that people may know him and know of his mighty acts and know of his great love and know of His amazing grace. Because I'm going to tell you, if you've experienced that grace in your life, huh, you ought to be excited about that. Because that is all in this world that has saved you. It's the only hope that we have. So don't hold on to your praise. Let it rise to the heavens 
of the King of kings and Lord of lords. Let every creature praise His holy name forever and ever. Amen. This morning as we close, uh, we want to open these altars and invite anyone that would like to come and pray this morning to come and pray. Maybe something going on and you just want to bring it to God this morning. I invite you to come. Got a prayer chest here that's filled with names. I all the time see people walking up and adding a name to that prayer chest. We've been praying over that prayer chest for years and years. That people would come to know Christ and experience His goodness and His grace in their lives and they would accept Him as their Lord and Savior. So if someone would like to come pray over that, but this morning I just want to ask that some would come and as we pray over these boxes, they're filled with very simple gifts that some kids will be really excited to get as part of Christmas, but with every one of these boxes, and this is just a few of the ones that are going to come through these facilities this week. Every single one of these will be handed to a child, not only with the gift of whatever is in the box, but with the gift of the gospel. Every box that touches a child's hand will be shared about this God that David has reminded us of this morning in this psalm of praise. They'll hear about a good God. Someone will be on the other side of that box to tell them how much God loves them. And that He came so that their sins could be forgiven and they could spend eternity in heaven together. And they can't even comprehend what being a child of the King is because they live in such poverty. But they're going to hear about this King as they receive these boxes. So I just want to pray over them. As they go from this place to wherever they're going to go around this world that uh, the seeds that are planted would find fertile ground and be received and produce much fruit. I want to ask Connie Stahl if she'll come and represent our team of people that are going to be working this week. Appreciate Connie. Nanita, is Anita here this morning? She was earlier. Yeah, come join us. These two ladies have spent countless hours planning, working, preparing for this week and this moment. And I appreciate them more than they know. A lot of time, a lot of effort put into uh, sharing the good news of Jesus with this world. So this morning as we close together, if you'd like to come and pray over these ladies and pray over these boxes right now, would you come right now? as we join together as the church. God, you have been so good to us. It's sad that uh, sometimes we just have to be reminded 
your love for us is truly amazing. The forgiveness that we've received in our hearts is uh, so powerful. We feel like we don't deserve it, but yet you loved us anyway. You sent your son Jesus to die on the cross for our sins so that our sins could be forgiven. God, I pray that we would be uh, diligent. We would be more um, more excited about that. And that you would forgive us of not being excited about it. Today we exalt you and who you are. And I pray that it just wouldn't end when we walk out these doors today, but we would find a way to remind ourselves, maybe twice in the morning and once in the evening, of how good you are and how good you've been to us and the promises that you have made us. That you're with us and you're our help and you're our hope and you're our biggest cheerleader in life and we thank you for that kind of love and I pray that we would not take it for granted and God I pray that not only would we not take it for granted but we'd share it because if we don't share it it stops with us and I pray that our children and our grandchildren and every kid that we come in contact with whether it be in the doors of this church or wherever it may be God that we would be teachers of who you are we would proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ to these kids and tell them our stories and tell them our testimonies so that they would know how good you are and what an awesome God we serve and praise and why we do what we do and live the way we live God, today, if there be one here, even one here that has never accepted you as Lord and Savior of their life and they've never committed their life to you and surrendered their, their will and their plan and their way to you, I pray that today would be a day that they would do that. That they would find a place, maybe even right there in their seat right now, a place of surrender. Accept your love. Accept your forgiveness. Accept your grace and live in that victory in their lives. And be available for you to change them and transform them and make them into the people of God and the children of God that you would have them to be. Not so that other people would look at them and go, wow, look how great they are. But they would look at them and go, only God could have done that. And you would be glorified. God, today we come before you with grateful hearts and I'm so thankful for Connie and Anita and all those who have helped and there have been many that have helped over the past few months getting ready for this very busy week and to some it may not seem like much it may seem trivial that we would put a few cheap toys in a shoebox. but God we know that it's much more than that that this box will be received this box will be distributed with, along with your love. This is just a simple reflection of 
your love for the world. That's what it's all about. A simple way to show that God loves them. And God, I pray that for, for every hand that touches these boxes between this point and wherever the final destination is, that as each box goes through a hand, God, that there would be a blessing, not only on the box, but a blessing on the giver, a blessing on the worker, a blessing on the servant, a blessing on the one that gets the final responsibility of distributing the boxes. God, bless them big. Give them the strength. Give them the endurance. Give them the patience. Give them the help that they need to do your work in this world. And as the story of Jesus is shared, God, I pray that it would be received, that the seed that is being planted would take root and grow these children into mighty warriors for God and followers of Jesus. Thank you for letting us be a part of that. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to be a blessing to others and to share the good news of Jesus Christ around this world. God, we love you so much today. and We've been reminded of your awesome love for us, but I pray that as we walk out from these doors, that every person that we bump into would know, would see in our lives, hear in our words, see in our actions, our love for you and your love for them, that we would be a reflection of the love of God and people would know you because they see your children. So God, find us faithful. Give us the help we need. Help us to stay focused. Keep the main thing the main thing. We love you so much. And again, we thank you for your awesome love for us. In Jesus' name we pray.